We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss, live from a backyard somewhere, a secret backyard in Florida and California somewhere. Uh, you'll be back in Portugal next week, though, dude. I'm excited. Hopefully, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah, exactly. I got my negative test, so I'm able to fly. Heather's still waiting on hers, so hopefully, we get out of here Thursday. I can escape from LA and uh, get to my office and like have my stuff. It's been uh, a crazy summer, even before. The COVID thing, I was like a nomad. I stayed in like four yeah. different places, went to Vegas. I just been like so unable to just have like a routine and like stuff around. And um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I was Not just gone for like five days. I can imagine five weeks being uprooted like this, five, you know, or longer. I'll get into it. I know people want to hear football, but I'll just get into this. So, we, we flew in, you know, it was an international flight from Portugal. We stayed at Heather's mom's house for uh, three days and mm-hmm. then we went to Vegas. I went to Vegas for four days. And by that time, when I got back, um, Heather and Sasha had moved because uh, backstory, uh, the, the place we we're supposed to stay fell through literally when we we're at the airport, uh, Heather's mom's crazy friend that we we're supposed to use her house bailed. Yikes. So, so then we got, and I knew she was crazy and I knew it was a bad idea even to go for that, but whatever, I tried to mm-hmm. warn them. So get back from Vegas. And then we're in this place in Bel Air, which wasn't, you know, it was nice for her to let us stay there, but it was like in the middle of nowhere. And it was like one room and we had to be super quiet all the time. So that was three days. Then we got hooked up with this downtown LA apartment that was really nice. And that was for eight days. Then we went back to Heather's mom for, for nine days and we're supposed to leave, got COVID, went to my friend's parents' condo that was empty for 17 days. And now we're back at Heather's mom's house for three days and hopefully allowed to get out. This is how crazy the, uh, the last two months are. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's just got to be disorienting um, and all that there. Uh, we got a lot of news. So as a reminder, though, this uh, podcast is sponsored, as always, by WinBet. Let's jump right into it. A.J. Brown. News came out on him today that uh, the knee that has been bothering him, that he had surgery on, is bothering him again. Now that's why he sat out the preseason game this weekend. Adam Schefter from ESPN reports he'll be ready for week one. There's got to be some concern, though. I mean, this is you're supposed to be ready after having this whole offseason to rehab. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like if he aggravated. This is the thing that's unclear. Did he aggravate it doing something, or is it like, oh, it's just sore? I've been working on it. Like you know, you have your off season, you're working out and doing your lit weightlifting or whatever you're doing, and and you're jogging and running routes with your teammates or whatever. But now you're actually like playing games and getting knocked around a little bit. Did it start to ag- did act up just because of soreness from the surgery, which could be no big deal? Like okay, there's some residual. Yeah, it's just you know being used in a way it hadn't been used. Or did he aggravate it? Did he actually like cut and feel something give a bit and now has right. pain? And I don't think that's clear. I think if it's the former, no big deal, right? I mean, you know, there's a little bit of discomfort sometimes. Uh, but if he actually aggravated it, you know, Stefania Bell sometimes talks about scar tissue has to get kind of worked in, uh, and it's not a big deal. But if he actually aggravated an injury, then it, then it's a huge deal because it's the same, you know, he had surgery on that exact knee, so. Uh, we don't know yet. I'm still taking him early third, but you know, there's obviously some risk now. Yeah, there is. Uh, and so I don't know what to do uh, with him, but I, my inclination is to still keep drafting him. Uh, if you guys are following along live in the, in the chat, I uh, would love to hear from you say, see where, what you're doing with AJ Brown, AJ Brown versus Justin Jefferson. Who are you going with? Uh, I moved Jefferson over him. I moved him just behind Jefferson. I haven't had a McLaurin still, but those three guys are very close for me. All right, a- AJ Brown versus Joe Mixon, who we spent plenty of time on XM talking about. Uh, probably, I don't know. I don't know. That's PPR league. We'll, we'll stipulate PPR. Uh, it depends what my, this is a weasel answer, but it depends on what I've got at that point. I'm going to assume that I have a running one running back and one receiver because that's mm-hmm. the most likely scenario. Um, oof, I probably take AJ Brown, but I'm not committing to that. Like, because this could happen. I don't think Mixon will fall to round three in my draft tonight. But if that were the situation, let's say I had like, you know, Taylor or Chubb or Barkley in round one and Metcalf or Ridley or someone like that in round two. And now it's round three and I've got Mixon or um, Brown. That's a tough call. I mean, maybe if I took Barkley, I might I might take Mixon just in case Barkley's a little shaky early, get sort of the boring, reliable guy. But if I had Chubb, who's boring, reliable, Maybe I take AJ Brown for the ceiling. So that, you know, those are I know that's kind of wishy-washy, but I'm I'm that I'm undecided. AJ Brown or Allen Robinson? AJ Brown. But I, I like Allen Robinson. AJ Brown or touchdown Terry. I have him one spot ahead of Terry right now, but okay. it's close. All right. That that's where you so chime in on the comments. Let let us know how what you think about AJ Brown. We'll 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 relay some of that on. Uh, you, we, you wrote up, uh, your RotoWire invitational draft. Mine just ended over the weekend. I'll write that up. We were a little slower than you guys. It's okay. Uh, with still three more weeks before the season starts or two and a half, if you, for the Thursday game, still plenty of things that could happen still, even though we're like, oh my God, when's this preseason ending? When's this training camp ending? Still got a couple more weeks. So, uh, but you did this draft and you chose AJ Brown over CEH over Swift over a couple other guys there. Oh, I took now, Swift though in round 3. Yeah, uh, right. So so that was the right choice, but um yeah, I took AJ Brown over Jefferson I think and McLaurin, mm-hmm. but that was before his knee thing. Um, right, right, so right. that was but, that was an easy call for me. Yeah, but I also want to bring that up because CEH hurt his ankle. Uh they say it's not a high ankle sprain. The fact that they had to come out and say that means it was close. You know, it's like or it's, or just like everybody's so panicky about high ankle sprains because Michael Thomas's season got destroyed last year, right? That they're like, oh, don't panic. Um, we had a note today that said, or I saw a note today from some of the KC beat writers that said um, he did the walkthrough. We're not sure if he's going to practice, and that sounded pretty bullish. Like, 
oh, there's even a chance he's going to practice already. Right. I mean, you can sprain your ankle. I mean, you've rolled your ankle playing sports, but you probably haven't because you weren't going fast enough. But I've rolled Pipe my ankle down. playing sports a, a bunch of times. I and have I had I have, have surgery on it eventually because I, I neglected it. But when I first did it, you know, you roll your ankle and it's a little sore and you, you know, you get back and play through it and it's not a big deal. And, it, you know, not every ankle sprain is such a, you know, is the Michael Thomas one. So we'll see. Not all of us have wispy ankle joints either, so yeah. some of us can just withstand a little. Oh no, you would you would not have you would not be walking. You would have been permanently yeah. disabled if you had the ankle injuries that I had. You know what's coming is we're all we're both going to get hurt now. Yeah. You know, well, no, I played I played a little bit of basketball a few weeks ago with my friend. Yeah. It was me and my friend who used to play all the time, and his kids who are fifteen and who plays and thirteen, they play all the time, okay. and they beat us eleven eight, which was annoying. Uh, cause you know, it was like our last year, like, you know, next year, if we play, there's no way we'll win. And I just kept thinking, and I was wearing running shoes and I kept thinking there is such a high, like Achilles or, uh, right. knee, knee ACL tear risk right now with, with me at 50, like in my running shoes, like having not done this for 10 years, like going all out against these kids. And luckily we did not get here. we did not get injured. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's just waiting to happen. That happened to me 4th of July. Our neighborhood goes nuts, right? Uh, we have a parade in the morning. We, we get, people rent golf carts and zip around the subdivision. Uh, we have a parade then we have like block parties. Well, there might be a little bit of drinking, uh, going on. We had this, uh, a guy, I, my neighbor had a, a hoop right up in the street. Right. And so we were playing like three on three and I messed up my ankle pretty yeah. good there. <laughs> it's, that. it's such my, a mistake. You know, yeah. it's such a mistake. I might have had a little alcohol at yeah. the time, too. Nice. So, nice. Uh, yeah, that, that was the thing. It's like, ah, oh. and it was nasty for about two weeks, but uh, good stories. All yeah. right. So, CEH, so though, CEH versus Swift. What do you think? Uh, I got I got Swift higher than him just because I want to see the ankle clear up. And I'm pretty confident Swift is going to get 60 plus percent of the touches mm -hmm. and get a lot of catches. And I just don't know how many catches CEH is going to get because McKinnon's there and it's not so much McKinnon, but they had Darrell Williams on third downs. Like they didn't trust CG. Obviously Pat Mahomes by far the most important player in the NFL even. And they need a guy to protect him. And if CEH's blocking wasn't great, that's one thing. And then the other thing is Mahomes doesn't check down. Like he scrambles and burns you deep to Tyreek Hill or Mikal Hardman or, or Kelsey. Uh, he can run with the ball. And we talked about this a lot, but like you, if you have a, a pass catching running back like CEH or you know Eckler or somebody, you want Drew Brees or Philip Rivers or Tom Brady right. or you know some statue to be your quarterback because they use those those running backs as their legs. That that is their scramble is the dump off. But right. when you can scramble uh, on, on your own, you have your own legs. Um, you don't need that dump off, and also you can scramble and throw down the field like Mahomes. Um, you just never see Russell Wilson or Mahomes or, um, you know, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray having running backs that get tons of receptions. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's true. Um, so it's in interesting there. I worry, you know, Swift is not a picture of health himself, though. He's got his groin thing and he sat out the preseason game because of that. they said he did some uh, team workouts, though, on Thursday. So we'll see about that. But there's also Jamal Williams there. Uh, and Jamal Williams is a threat. He can catch passes too. You know, we've heard a lot of talk out of the offensive coordinator uh, talking about one A, one B, and all that. I mean, there, there's neither CH I'm, nor Swift are completely in the safe camp. Yeah, I, I think Swift is safer. I mean, obviously injuries notwithstanding. I mean, he's got to be healthy uh, because I feel like no one cares about golf, right? So like the blocking stuff is not going to be like, oh, you can't block, you're out. You know, if mm -hmm. 
if McKinnon or Darrell Williams, who got banged up himself, are, are even slightly more competent as blockers, like for Kansas City, it just makes so much sense to keep them in there as much as they can because it, the whole thing is Mahomes, right? I mean, CH is right. not that important. Whereas golf is just obviously a stopgap. Um, they just kind of took him on as part of the huge haul they got for Stafford. And, um, and so they will, and golf is a check down guy. Like he will check it down. Um, and so it's just such a better situation. So even if Jamal Williams splits with him, Swift could still get 65 catches. I just think like the, the catch floor, for Swift is so much higher. Now, of course, the touchdowns and like just being in an incredible system is so much better for CEH. So, you know, they're close, but in terms of floor, I think Swift is higher. Yeah. I mean, Casey runs those awesome screen passes. It's just you want them to be C to CEH. Huh? Well, they're designed. Just, like right. they have wheel routes from their, their running back, and Kareem Hunt used to run those, and, mm -hmm. and Damian Williams would run those, and they have a lot of big plays, right? So, right. So CEH will get big plays in the offense, but it's not the big plays that you really want. You just want those easy, cheap PPR points. You want those 70 right. catches, 65 catches. And CH could do that. He was That's what he was in college. It's just that they didn't do it last year. And again, the mobile guys just don't deliver for their uh, for their pass-catching running backs. That's true. That's true. Um, and so that's why Dobbins should probably be lower on some people's list. He's in that conversation with Swift, CH, and Mixon. Yeah, I just moved him down below mix. I had him ahead of him. So uh, there's two different tides pulling me. One of them is always bet on the next up and coming running back. If you know Dobbins is good and he looks pretty good, mm -hmm. um, bet on him. Don't bet on Mixon, the old guard. Now, Mixon's 24 years old, but he's had three or four full seasons. Um, the spring is not as much in his step as these young guys. Always bet on the new crop. Running back is a young man's game. Uh, but then the flip side is that, you know, as you said, Lamar Jackson. He's just not going to check it down. He's going to take off when there's problems, when things break down. So it has to be a designed play, designed pass to Dobbins. And they're just not going to call enough plays. I mean, the way you rack up the PPR points is when no matter what, you're the default. You're the guy that when things break down, they go to every single time. So you get your design passes, which happen now and then, but then you get your, you know, just everything that goes through you if there's a problem. And that just doesn't happen with the Ravens and there's Gus Edwards to take on goal line. So Dobbins, I, I want to bet on him because he's good and the team's good, but um, I probably won't have him. Let me cook up a scenario for you here, though. The Ravens have four of their top receivers and five of their top pass catchers, if you count Mark Andrews, with uh, his cramps all banged up in one form of a way. Bateman's out at least until week two, probably maybe week four or five. Uh, Hollywood Brown hasn't practiced since July 29th. He's starting to become... Uh, uh, I don't know. We're going to, I was going to make some silly joke about that, but I, yeah, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to steer into it and take, make a silly joke. Uh, he's going to do, he's Everglades Brown right now. He's so far out of Hollywood and it's Hollywood, Florida. So that's why you have uh, to go that uh, way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, very, you have to explain uh, it. Too much, very, <laughs> Too much explanation. Too much explanation. You have the, uh, the most obscure references. That's your, uh, that's your thing. Yeah. Obscure references. No, that's right. Yeah. That's just trying to go way out of Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's banged up. Uh, we, you know, I think, uh, who else, you know, also Sammy Watkins has been out for like a week now with you know undisclosed injury. It's it's so all these pass catchers are out. Might they like be forced to have Dobbins and pass plays a lot more often? Um, maybe that's that's a good point. Um, will will Dobbins run more real routes, not just like yeah. little dump offs? Will they actually run routes out of the backfield? I mean, and, Andrews had oh, cramps. That'd be awesome. Well, he'll get yeah. some. I think they'll do yeah. that. But that's again, you're not going to make your money on a couple of nice wheel routes. You might get some big plays and extra, you know, right. maybe want to go for a touchdown. But 
you really just want 55, 60 catches for Dobbins. And it's hard to see that. Um, I think Andrews, as far as I know, the cramps are not like an indication of something that serious. Um, And so he's the main guy. And, you know, Marquise Brown, for all I know, is not out for, you know, and hamstring can be a real problem. Watkins, I just expect to be hurt. And Bateman is out for a serious amount of time. Um, So, you know, the Miles Boykins, if he's even makes the team or whatever, and those kind of guys, Duvernay, there's some other guys. I don't know how Boykins much. Boykins also hurt, by the way. Boykins no. the fourth uh, that's hurt. So it could be Devin Duvernay, who yeah, I, I, I kind of like. Well, it's a second-round pick, but I, I, yeah. I've i heard he's kind of like a total bust, but you never know. A lot of these guys who, you know, Tyler Boyd, we left him for dead, and he turned into a good player, so. Yeah, I mean, it, and Duvernay, it's like year two. I mean, it's uh, not even like he, he's dead. He's had one year. Is it Was uh, he a rookie last year? I think so. It might have been uh, two years ago. I don't know. I, mean, I thought maybe. Boykin is in year three and Duvernay. Boykin's year in year three. three for sure. Maybe Duvernay's only last year. Yeah. That'd be so crazy. Like he's totally forgotten. He he is. He was a third round pick. And oh, he was a third. Oh, it was a third. He was a third round pick. Ninety late third. Also, that's what it is. But he only had the COVID year. You know, so that's right. like yeah, right. Yeah, it's kind of early to write him off. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, before we uh, go on to more news here, a quick note from uh, one of our sponsors. If there's one thing that we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from the sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack. Slam the slots. Or try your hand at Baccarat. When WinBet, WinBet is currently available in six states. Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia. While rapidly expanding. While WinBet, the, at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Rotowire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's Fantasy Podcast. I'm Jeff. He's Chris. We are talking all sorts of yang. I had a question we were, when we were talking AJ Brown. Uh, you know, I, I, it was uh, Andy McGill asked, "What about Julio Jones? What, uh, what about uh, him? What's what's the latest on him?" He's I don't know. He got banged up. He hasn't been practicing. There's no like dire predictions. Like he's not going to be there. Maybe I should lower him though. Cause no news is bad news when a guy is not, you know, around, but um, I didn't change his prediction based on Brown. I didn't move him up because mm-hmm. it's not like Brown's supposed to miss time. And I don't think they really, it's a weird thing where I don't think they really affect each other that much. Like I think they're both going to get targets if they're on the field. Um, they're both going to get, a lot. It's just going to, I think Julio Jones, what he does is he replaces Corey Davis and then takes 40 more targets than Davis would have. But that comes from receiver three, you know, it comes from tight end, right. you know, John who Smith left also, it's going to, it's going to take away from um, other players. Not really Brown is kind of my thinking. And since Julio, we'll see if he scores touchdowns this year. It's not much of a red zone guy. I don't know why that's just a fluke. Um, I didn't change. So I didn't really change Julio much with Brown. And at first when Julio signed, I moved Brown down and then I thought about it more and I moved him back up. But I moved Julio down a little bit just now um, because I am a little worried. Like, where you know, when is he going to come back? So, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm worried just because he misses time, too. You know, last couple of years, well, he's 
He's also I, I, older. He's yeah. older and he's big, right? Like I, I like the Antonio Browns when they age mm. because they're so light, you know, and they they're so quick and light and they don't take the big pops. Julio Jones gets popped. And when he catches the ball, he's big and tall and he gets up and he falls from a high height. You know, you, you see, um, you know, Calvin Johnson used to make those catches where you extend and then pound down to the turf. Right. Um, it's just harder on those guys. You know, I mean, Calvin retired early. Andre Johnson lost it early. It's always the little guys that seem to last till those 37, 38 year olds, you know, the Steve Smiths um, and the Derek Masons and the Keenan McCardells and the, it's always the small guys that last. Um, Larry Fitzgerald was kind of an exception. He was a little bit bigger, but he was such a like just route runner. He wasn't like really taking a lot of big pops. Um, so Julio, I'm a little concerned with durability wise too at this age. Yeah. I, I don't have him. I don't have him anywhere. Nor do I, nor do I. I don't want to really. Uh, I, I find reasons not to draft him even when he slips, whether I'll go, I'll just go another position. Like I think you, he's like wide receiver 20 right now. I'd probably take Tyler Lockett over him. I'd probably take Debo over him. I definitely take Ayuk over him. He's now down in the Higgins, Robbie Anderson, Chark level. And if, and if I don't think I should be taking those guys over him, then I look to take another position. I, 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 I just don't want him. Yeah. He's like another, he's almost like another tier, right? Like it's like, you just started new tier. Yeah. I just moved Debo and Tyler Lockett over him while we're talking because yeah, I, yeah, I mean, Debo's his own injury risk because he's just so physical. It's a it's a tough way to make a living to catch a short pass right. and smash into people. But he's good, and he's going to get a lot of short throws. Um, right. Yeah, uh, I yeah I, I don't I, I'm yeah I'm probably not going to get Julio if he stays at the current price. Right. Uh, I don't think he will stay. I mean, the fact is he's been out three weeks with undisclosed he, injury. That's the, the thing that's so annoying. The the positive for Julio is that he's a top five all-time receiver and when he was healthy last year he was not losing a step so he didn't show any skills decline like Andre Johnson did at this age he was perfectly good um so that's the that's the bull case the bear case is obviously what we just said he's just taking a lot of pounding and had a lot of mileage plus you just have to deal with like the weekly questionable and missing practices things in season this is this is a feature not a bug with him yeah all right, the Colts. We have some good news. Carson Wentz and, uh, more importantly, Quentin Nelson are returning to practice. Wentz is already with the, you know, getting reps on the first team. Everyone's pretty bullish that he's going to be ready for Week One. That's the good news. The bad, uh, the the uncertain news is: is he going to be any good? We still don't know that. That's the thing we have that's unsettled. It's just the question is: how much of an uh, upgrade is he over Jacob Eason? Yeah, I think the floor is what's the upgrade. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. ceiling wise. I think Wentz has got a limited ceiling. I don't think he's that good. His foot is probably going to make him less mobile, which was a, a small selling point for him. Um, but I think they're going to run the ball a lot, play defense, and and just you know, they've got three backs, but they got one great back. I just made a bet, a side bet with Ted Bell, um, because he was saying no way Taylor gets more than two hundred forty carries, and I said I'll go over two fifty. And then he said, well, with the 17th game, I said, okay, well, let's, he has to do it in 16 games. So if he has to use the 17th to go over 250, then he wins. I said minimum 14 games. But I think they're going to lean on Taylor heavily, and they just may run a ton. Um, they have, you know, interesting receivers with Hilton, Pittman, and, and Campbell. Um, maybe Mo Ali Cox will break out. But I think they're just a running team, and, uh, and Wentz, you know, hopefully just provides a floor for them, a guy who knows how to play quarterback. So you move Taylor up in your rankings. Uh, yeah. So where do you have him now? Third overall on the whole sheet. Third overall, third running back, third overall, ahead of Kamara, ahead of Zeke, yep. ahead of any, many others there. You know, you'll definitely get him if you're drafting third. 
Do you, yeah, you know, do, do you want to sure. set a KDS so you get them third or? No, no, sure? no. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I put up the uh, snarky 150 last week and a guy was like, you have Gronk as the number nine tight end. You don't have to take him there. That's ridiculous. I'm like, my cheat sheet isn't telling you where you can get them. It's not like, you know, right. where you should take them. Like, obviously, let's say I knew Gronk would score 20 touchdowns this year. Let's say I just knew for a fact somehow mm-hmm. he would be tight end one. But like, you know, and I would rank him tight end one, but I, I still wouldn't draft him in the first round or the second round. I'd draft him in the 11th or I draft him in the like the eighth round just to make absolutely sure I got him. I don't, I'd way overpay just to make sure there was nobody who had the idea to get him. But you would still never draft him in the first round. And so, you know, your rankings are just or what you're saying, you know, how you value the guys. But you still have to look at the market and do your draft based on, you know, what the cost is of these guys, what the going rate is. Um, obviously, right. Sure. I mean, so, um, you know, you don't have to value them the same as the market, but you, you have to, you know, st- structure your draft a little bit the same as the market. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, and that, that's always the delicate balance there. Uh, so, okay. Interesting. And you're drafting ninth tonight. You got beat Chris list three. Um, uh, it's sold out in 30 minutes. People crazy. want a piece of you. Uh, so crazy. They, I, that or I, they want to draft. I think that, that's also They just, they want to draft. They don't, they don't care who it is. Um, Beat the nutless monkey would be just the same. Uh, a nutless monkey could sell out an NFC draft in 30 minutes. But uh, yeah, I got the ninth pick. It was funny. I got my first choice, which obviously you don't expect to get your first choice of pick. And now I'm like, should I just have taken one? You know, uh, you know. now I'm like, maybe I should have just got McCaffrey. And what the hell am I thinking? This is crazy. McCaffrey's going to get 100 catches. This is stupid. What am I doing with the ninth pick? Uh, third round reversal gives you a little help. But um, maybe, you know, but McCaffrey didn't really answer the bell last year. and and. You know, right. Dalvin Cook had 314 carries in 14 games last year, and he's been injury prone. Um, maybe that's a little bit too crystal ball-y in terms of predicting uh, who's going to get hurt and who's not, which we don't know how to do. Um, we'll see who's there at nine. I don't I don't think Taylor will be because, you know, it's a beat Chris this league, so people listen to me. Um, but maybe not. Maybe those guys don't care what I think. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb might be there. Um, so there may be some, you know, Barkley may be there. I don't think he's going to make it to the second round anymore uh, where I'm picking. So I may go Barkley Metcalf. I may go Barkley Ridley. I may go Chubb Ridley. I, you know, that's, those are the choices I'm going to make. So um, I, I don't know if I, if I'd really thought it through, I mean, I was like doing the show and setting the KDS while we're talking. So I don't know if I would have, if I knew I would have get the first pick, maybe I would have left it at one. Right. Um, but, uh, but then I should have done that anyway, because obviously I could have gotten the first pick, but I just sort of wanted to draft from, I sort of like, I want to draft from the back end is sort of what I was thinking. Um, and so now 24, 36 is tough. In second and second and third rounds, respectively, there because I think there yeah. is like that end of the third round. There's there's a pretty significant. I, I think off. the end of the second is fine. I think you're going to get a player you really like with McCaffrey. The end of the third is where it costs you a bit. Um, right. I think, but um, but McCaffrey, if he's healthy, is is just so worth that price that you're paying. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's it's a good slot. Again, like I told you, I have a little bad vibe on Gibson, and I had a bad vibe on the Cowboys a little bit um, relative to the hype. Um, McCaffrey, I, I don't have a great, I don't know. I, you should be overjoyed to draft McCaffrey based on his usage pattern and his skill set. I guess, I guess if you just eliminate the noise and the, you know, the recency bias from last year, like if you're just like, okay, look, what am I evaluating? I'm evaluating player skills and role and the team isn't great, but it's, it's run well enough. Um, McCaffrey, I mean, he's my number one guy because he is, he has the best combination of those things. And, we can say, well, he's small and he got banged up last year, but you know, again, it's you don't want to be too 
you don't want to make too many predictions about injuries because it's just so random in, right. in so many ways. Right. Uh, and of course, setting your draft slot on a normal snake draft versus third round reversal is a huge consideration difference there. I mean, I, you know, if you're not doing third round reversal, it's a snap call to do one. I think you just go as early. I think, as I, th I think so too. Cause that early third pick is so good um, mm -hmm. with McCaffrey. I think that's right. You just keep it in order. I think the third round reversal pushes it a little bit. Um, it depends who falls. Like, you know, I like Taylor, right? So like, if he falls to nine, I'm feeling really good about that. And if for, you know, by some miracle, which I don't think will happen, I get Barkley, then I got the nuts. To me, that's the nuts for an overall contest. Right. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I have a feeling it won't go my way. I have a feeling it'll be frustrating. Like the guys I want, you know, Taylor will go eighth. Metcalf will go before me in the second round. Barkley will go like at the turn. Um, and then I'll just be drafting this team that's like Nick Chubb and, and Calvin Ridley, which are not really my, I like both those guys, but they're not like my guys. Um, and I'll just be doing like a very, uh, sort of building block ish, you know, um, savvy experienced draft, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not how I like to draft. No, I hear you. I hear you on that. Uh, before we move on is we've got a, a lot of, a lot of other topics lined up here. Quick note from our friends at dynasty owner. Are you tired of the same old fancy football leagues that get canceled after a year or so? If so, dynasty owner has your back. Go to dynastyowner.com. New leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football, the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and real NFL player salaries for the diehard fantasy football fans that want the real GM experience. Dynasty Owner adds a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried that you won't be able to find anyone to play in your league with? Don't worry. Dynasty Owner can help you fill your league, your your league with fantasy football enthusiasts like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding enough <coughs> players. You can choose to start a league, join an existing, or purchase a team from a, a previous owner. If you're serious about joining the big leagues, go to dynastyowner.com slash rotowire and start your dynasty today. Jeff and Chris here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, we are brought to you by WinBet. Uh, a couple of other things I want to talk about. Uh, before we talk about the, the Rotowire Stake League auction that we have tomorrow and auction strategy, got some Giants news. Uh, Saquon Barkley you know, could go participate in the joint practices this week. Uh, that, that's that's a big step up for him. He's been only doing like seven on seven in drills so far. There's a chance he could be ready for week one. Yeah, um, I think he will be ready for week one. I don't know that he's going to have his full 20 carries or whatever, but I think in a 17 game season, that's OK. Like you don't need him mm -hmm. to, you know, you don't want to, I made the joke in the, in the uh, snarky 150, like we'll give your team, a, we'll give your already eliminated team a huge boost in November, uh, which is the, that's the bear. Like, okay, oh great. Barkley's himself. It's November. I'm two and yeah. seven now, you know, and uh, now he's crushing it for me when it's too late. Um, hopefully it doesn't get to that point. I don't think it will. Um, the injury, you know, the, the was week two last year. Um, by all accounts, he works his tail off. He's a really hard worker. He's never had any sort of issues with that. Um, and, you know, he looks healthy. He's not had a setback. I mean, he should be ready early in the season and he should be ready to do the work. Um, there is a little hold your breath factor with Saquon. You know, it's just there's something about him that's a little fragile when he hurt his ankle a couple of years ago and then the knee. I don't know why. Um, you know, he's maybe he's got too much muscle in his lower body and the force is just really strong and you're running on turf and artificial surfaces and it's just like a, you know, a, a risk, but again, same thing, crystal ball, like who's going to get hurt. Um, he's, he's at the, he's, he's at the timeline where he could be healthy. Not everybody's Adrian Peterson, 2012, but um, I think certainly by like week four or five, we might see the hundred percent 
Saquon, and for the first few weeks, you'll probably get enough with the pass catching to uh, to hold, you know, to keep you going. All right, um, I I'm not there on him. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit on XM, Sirius XM today, but that's great. That's why we do this. Uh, I see the case. I see the path to upside. I just think that the path is more crowded with uh, with impediments than I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And that, well, we I made the case on on the uh, on the show. He's got to stay healthy, right? That's one yeah. impediment. Um, looks like he's on his way, but you know everyone's got to stay healthy. He's coming off an injury. Two, Danny Dimes has to be the 22nd best QB, the Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Derek Carr. I think mm-hmm. he can do that. It's not a given, but he can. And the offensive line has to be the 22nd best offensive line, not the 30th, 32nd right. best. Right. Um, and, you know, Andrew Thomas was picked fourth. He was playing hurt last year. They, they've been together another year. A lot of young guys. So um, I think those things are pretty reasonable hurdles, but there are three of them, right? I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. any one of them is no big deal, but three combined is harder. Uh, but I don't think it's like... Um, so, but, and, and it's not those three hurdles for him to earn his ADP. It's three hurdles for him to be 1.1. I right? think there's, because, a, there's also a fourth that he's himself, that he's the same explosive player, that he's still capable of making all those cuts, making doing it at full speed. I think that's actually the biggest of the hurdles. Yeah, I mean, I think they've been really cautious with them, but, you know, Stefani talks about the confidence that guys have coming back from one of those injuries, whether they really, you know, lean into it or, or they're sort of um, being a little more hesitant. But I mean, it's been a year. He didn't get hurt in week 10 like Peterson did that year. He didn't get hurt in week eight. He got hurt in week two. So, um, and they've been cautious. You know, they haven't rushed him back. So I would yeah. think most of these guys are pretty explosive still. Um, and, but yeah, you're right. He's a 240 pound back at six feet. So, there's a lot of force on that on that knee. There, there maybe you know just as I talked about Julio Jones being kind of big, and sort of like the cumulative toll with him. Maybe if he were, uh, you know, more of a Camara type, um, you know, but but then again, like he's he is like that. He's he's like Maurice Jones Drew, only six feet tall. You know, he's like right. a a five foot eight guy, a five foot eight two oh seven guy, but he's six feet two forty. He's the he's that really stocky, strong build, just even at a bigger size. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, you know, does he have the same explosiveness? Does he have the same breakaway speed once he gets in the open? You know, these are things that haven't been vetted yet. We don't know. And that to me is why he's, I'm still staying away from him until like mid, you know, early second round, uh, like two, five, two, three, two, four, uh, is probably, you know, pick 15 or so is where I'd probably be willing to take that chance. That's where I think it, that, that risk level lies for me. Yeah. I, I also feel like people are assuming the Giants offense is going to be, you know, bottom of the barrel and the the line we talked about. But like Daniel Jones was good as a rookie, like after his rookie year, people were like drafting him proactively and thinking this guy could be good. Um, And last year he played with a horrible hamstring injury that most people wouldn't have even played with. So there were some mitigating circumstances about his bad performance last year. The pocket awareness is an issue regardless, but he, he was promising after his rookie year. So, you know, I, I kind of think uh, I, I kind of think like we we make mistakes like you know let's say last year was Stephon Diggs right we knew Stephon Diggs was a good receiver but we were all like well this is a wasteland he's going to and then it turned out to be anything but a wasteland and so I think a lot of the the resistance to Saquon is that the Giants are a bad offense but uh, you know they they're likely to be a worse offense than say you know the the Browns or, you know, some team that's, you know, closer to the middle or, or, or above average, but we don't know that. And so I, 
I feel like he's getting discounted because we're, you know, we're taking it just as a given that they're not going to be good. Yeah. I, true. True. Uh, there's always that chance that, you know, that they're better and, you know, that changes everything. So we'll see about that there. But uh, I don't know. The other Giants news is Kadarius Tony, uh, their first round pick, 20th overall, is absent again. Now he's got another injury. He set up both preseason games. For a rookie wide receiver, I think it does matter, uh, especially one that has some doubts raised about him. I I won't even take him as an endgame guy right now. Uh, and it has to be like a 10-man reserve for me to do that. I, I just I'm not interested. Yeah, I would take him late. Um, I I think he's good. I think he's, you know, the, the Jaguars were gonna take him if the uh, apparently reportedly if the Giants didn't snag him at 20. Mm-hmm. Um he's kind of stocky, you know, 5'11, 190. He's about an average size receiver, 437 speed, super quick. And you already have Galladay with a hamstring problem who was hurt all last right. year. And, you know, Shepard apparently showed up in good shape, but he's just a possession guy. And Slayton is a nice deep threat, but probably not like a, a heavy workload guy. Ingram's always hurt and, and very shaky. I think if Tony is, you know, he's got to get healthy and he's got to get his reps, obviously. But I think if he um, does get healthy, um, it may be one of those guys that kind of takes over. Because you see that all the time, right? Like a, a young guy comes in, like Justin Jefferson, right? He just took over. He's just like, oh, this guy's really good. He's better than anyone else we have as an option. Um, I could see something like that happening. So I would take him in the end game still. I don't, I'm okay. not saying it's going to happen, but I, it's kind of like, you know, whenever you see like, you know, it's obviously an extreme example, but like Mike Trout um, comes up and we're like, oh, well, he didn't even come up. He was left in the minors, but it's like, oh, look at all those guys blocking him, like Vernon Wells and Bobby Abreu and all these veterans. Um, where's he going to play? And then he comes up and he's just good. Somebody gets hurt and it's like, oh, wait, this is our guy. Um, he's not going to be the Mike Trout of football. But a lot of times the guy who's it, it's like there's these it, there's like this illusion of being blocked, this illusion of there's no targets for him. Right. But when all the guys who are, you know, a banged up Galladay, I mean, they paid Galladay. If Galladay's healthy, he's going to get targets. But there's sort of the illusion of somebody being blocked. And actually, if the guy who's a first round pick is good, is, you know, as advertised, uh, he'll just create his own role and everyone else will just adjust. Okay. Okay. I could, I guess, I guess you convinced me that it's worth maybe an end game guy still. Yeah. He's uh, still an, he's an end game guy. There's nothing guaranteed, but I right. could, I, I see a path basically. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, former Bengals legend, John Ross isn't blocking that path right now. No, he's not. He's on the giants. So the giants get all those guys. They had Dante Pettis. That's why I mentioned and I John Ross. At, yeah. 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 And Austin Mack. They're both questionable too. They're all banged up. Well, John Ross is like the ninth overall pick. And then, um, and then, or he's maybe the seventh overall pick or something. And then maybe Mike Williams, the seventh and Ross is ninth. And then uh, Dante Pettis was the second rounder for the Niners. So they, you know, they got all those high picks and they used to have Corey Coleman. who was the first receiver taken in 2015. They used to have him on the team too. Gettle, Gettle, the Gettle Chad likes these uh, former pedigreed guys. Yeah. Well, all it takes is like one or two of them to, to, or just to, to pan out. And then you've got a huge windfall. So I get it. Uh, and it kind of worked on defense, you know, it, it you know, right. You got Leonard Williams. Williams. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's mocking him for trading a third round pick for a guy that wouldn't even be signed, but then they extended him. And he was a top five defensive lineman last year. So they've got a stud defensive lineman, like an, you know, a, a guy in a three, four that gets pressure. That's rare, right? Usually it's your edge rushers to get pressure. They, you know, they drafted, um, yeah. I can't even say his name. Um, the guy, uh, he was, a, no, the, uh, it's the guy they drafted that, um, it's it's uh it's escaped me uh, uh, uh aziz uh ojulari uh, aziz yeah. ojulari they drafted him in the second round 
and I can't remember what the knock on him was. There was some like some injury worry or knee injury that they were worried about. But this guy apparently was like a first round edge rusher talent. So they got right. this guy on the edge in the three, four and, uh, and they got letter Williams is like a, you know, like a massive uh, pressure guy in a, in a three, four, which is, as I said, rare. Uh, so this defense is good. And he, he signed James Bradbury. So I, I think the giants are, I, I may, I, I know I'm a Homer, but I may go like try to get like a, whatever, an 80 to one ticket on them. You should definitely should go do that now. Um, in fact, we'll, we'll, we'll speed through this podcast so you yeah. can go drive to Vegas. Yeah. Go well, I can get, you know, I, I still can make a legal bet here. You know, it, I'm still in LA. Well, the, the problem is you can't in LA. Oh, California. You can't see. I haven't been here long enough. I'm in the States. Yeah. I get someone else to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll consult on a ticket. I'll consult with somebody. On All a right. All right. There you go. Um, okay. Quick note here. A couple other quick notes. Uh, this one from Sleeper. What do your fantasy brothers, Stevie, Steve, Katie from work, and your grandma all have in common? They're all waiting for that invite to your fantasy football league. There is no better way to hang out, no easier way to smack talk, no more customizable platform to host your fantasy leagues on this year than Sleeper. Whether you have a redraft league or a dynasty league that's been around for 10 years, Sleeper has everything you need in one app. Incredible commissioner tools and customizations, built-in messaging, support for snake draft, auction draft, and best ball leagues, blazing fast news, stats, and scores, all in a beautifully designed mobile app and website that makes every other app feel like a horse and buggy. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy sport platform for a reason, and all the cool commissioners are are switching to Sleeper and not looking back. Don't just take my word for it. Download Sleeper on iOS or Android and see for yourself. You have nothing to lose. It's free. I do have a league that's on Sleeper. I'm in it, and in fact... My dynasty league is on there, and it's uh, the dynasty uh, draft is drafting today, so it starts tonight. So, looking forward to that. All right, thanks to Sleeper there. Uh, the Rotowire Stake League is an auction league, and it's taking place tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I'm excited about this league, there, Chris. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, and I, you know, we had the steak dinner. Uh, that was a good time. Just had that here since you were in LA. That was nice to be able to pull that off. Uh, Let's talk about auction strategy and auction tips for a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, my strategy is basically just to go big uh, with two thirds of my budget on two or three, like three players, basically Uh, make sure that you get um, your money out there and then wait uh, in the middle game. And then at the end, you know, have like 60 bucks left where everyone has 30 or 40 and start to pick uh, little bargains here and there. And you can't be too choosy in the end game. I think it's really important to just take value and don't wait for your guy so much. Um, you can once in a while, but usually it's like, wow, this guy's about four bucks under what I would have him. I don't love this guy. You know, say um, I'm going to give an example of a guy that I'm not really on um, later in the draft. Let's say it's, um, I don't know, Tyler Boyd, you know, goes for like, he should go for 13, but he stops at nine. You know, you say nine and it stops. Like, that's great. Just take it, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry that Boyd's not your guy. You, you don't. You're not going to be able to pick everything in the end game. You have more money, so you're going to get some bargains when people are getting cheap. Um, but then you still have two or three really good guys, and I, especially for football, baseball too, though. But I just think that's the way to auction. I think you can be one of those just spreadsheet guys that doesn't go above your numbers and and holds off. And if everybody's super aggressive, that can work. But the worst thing that can happen to an auction is the inventory is dwindling and you have a lot of money and you keep trying to like go to the mat for the last guy who's decent here, the last guy you really care about there. But there's one guy even with a lot, a lot of money who's also going to the mat for him. And they just start pushing these guys yeah. up. And now you're going to get tons of bargains late. But but the problem is, let's say, you know, in baseball, you have $260 budget 
and you get, um, you know, 23 guys for, for five bucks each that are really 10 bucks each, you know, so you're, you, you've got the biggest, you've got the best efficiency of anybody in the draft in terms of like what you're spending on. Cause you waited so long. Unfortunately, you only have $230 worth of guys with 260 bucks and you've left the rest on the table. Um, you've actually left 160 bucks on the table cause you've gotten them even cheaper. But even if you, you know, calculate them at their full price, what they should be priced, you still lost money. So getting the money out is the number one job. Spending all your money is your number one job. Your number two job is spending it wisely. And I, right. I think like in the effort to spend it too wisely, sometimes you don't spend it. And, and I, so I think, you know, get, you don't need to win on your stars. You just need to break even and you win on your, you just need to win on a few bargains. And so structure your draft to break even or lose a little money on the stars and then have enough to win on some bargains. So one of the things and that you've dealt with this before I have too, and you spend early and you get some of those stars early on. The thing you got to avoid is then that next level of like avoid spending sticker price on let's say wide receiver three, whether it's boy or someone like that, when you've already spent the money, when you've already, and you budget a little bit there, and you're, you you find yourself price enforcing on guys you don't necessarily want, but are like, you know, there, there might be a value or two to your spreadsheet, but it's costing you because then you don't have the flexibility in the end game. Yeah. Like two, two rules, like don't shop in the range that you shouldn't be in. So if mm -hmm. I've got my three studs, three first, second round picks for two thirds of my budget, uh, I do not want to be shopping in the $26 range uh, in the middle game, even if the guy's a $31 player, because right. I'm crippling myself, you you know, perhaps depending on how deep the rosters are by doing that, it would have to be such a sick bargain for me to do that. But yet I've done that. And I've been like, oh, I got that guy. It was like, goodbye. And I'm like, yeah, but now I'm really up against it. Now, sometimes you can get away with one of those and it's very hard to have the restraint, especially in the end when you know, you shouldn't be shopping for a $6 guy. You need a $3 guy, but right. you know, in the end game, but you went to six and you got a guy and now you're like, I, now I'm crippled. I can't get any of the guys at the end that I want. Um, right. So make sure that, and then the second cardinal sin in the auction is don't, uh, don't miss the cliff. Like don't fall off the cliff. So yeah. there's guys in the first and second round that go for 60, 50, 45, whatever third round 40. But there's that point in the middle of the third, the fourth round where, there's a pretty big cliff and don't go 34 on that guy. That guy might be a guy. Carpool might be 21 or 18. Uh, don't just go incrementally down. Like it's a draft. It's not a draft. Um, there may be, there's, there may be a giant tier drop off uh, and don't that's never get caught uh, on the wrong side of that. That's I've seen people just completely screw that up. Yep. Yeah, I, I see it at quarterback a lot, you know, yeah, oh, I, I all the time. Yeah, I, I see. Okay, there's six, seven elite quarterbacks. You don't get them, and you go up. But okay, oh, so I, so maybe I should go ten on the next guy. No, it's not ten. It's four. Right, it's three. Yeah, uh, and that's a tricky spot too. We got the. It's ours is a fourteen team league. There is some concern about okay getting shut out, shut out on the next next tier, the third tier even. But don't get caught up in that. Don't uh, you'll find yourself really lacking later in the end. Get Roethlisberger for two bucks or Darnold for a buck, right. if you have to. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying Darnold in a positive way. I, I think it's, uh, I my know. contract, it's my contract, your brand. yeah, my contract yeah. is like, no, you're not allowed to say that. Um, but yeah, get Darnold for a buck or Roethlisberger for two bucks or golf for a buck, um, mm -hmm. rather than you know going, you know, fourteen on Matthew Stafford when, um, you know, when Aaron Rodgers was sixteen. You know, I, I think right. that's. That's where you get coming. Maybe you really love Matthew Stafford. It's fine. And I can be wrong about that. But the, but the point is just 
understand that it's not going to go down incrementally dollar by dollar. It may drop eight or nine dollars to that next tier. Right. Right. And and absolutely be aware of that and be aware of that where that lasts for sure. Um, one final note, uh, one, one, one final advertisement, I should say, uh, from our Blue Wire sponsors right here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, great. Uh, so we're talking a little bit about the stake league auctions. We'll talk about those results on the show later this week. We might even uh, talk about it on next Monday's podcast, too. Uh, but finally, uh, did another draft that you did, uh, you kind of looked at a little bit. We talked about it on Sirius XM today, and that was uh, the Flex, which is the Fantasy League of Experts Super Flex draft, which was super fun. Uh, I love Super Flex leagues. If for those who are unfamiliar, a Super Flex league is where you have an extra flex spot where you can use a quarterback. In other words, it's a two QB league. Let's not kid ourselves. You can you know, use a non quarterback there, but that should be very rare. Uh, unless you have like really harsh uh, scoring uh, system, scoring can requirements. I, can I tell a story for the 7,000th time about how Dalton, Del Don and I partnered in a high stakes league and he yeah. was setting the lineup and it was like 2008, I want to say. And uh, he decided to start Santana Moss over Matt Schaub because Schaub had a tough matchup against like the Ravens or somebody. Mm-hmm. And Matt Schaub threw for like four touchdowns and 380 yards or something like that on our bench uh, in our in our flex slot. And I saw the story so much. It's so unfair to him. He made one mistake, but I never let him forget it. And I said, yeah. Dalton, um, if Matt Schaub miraculously qualified at receiver next week, uh, where among the receivers would you rank him? And he was like, uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the last time he did that. But yes, you you must start your quarterback in the in the QB flex unless it's like unless it's like. Tyrod Taylor against the worst, you know, or something, you know, unless it's against maybe the even that, Bears defense, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe even in that case, but yeah, or especially Baker Mayfield in one of those snowstorm things where no, there's no passes thrown. Yeah, especially because a lot of there's some members of the 85 Bears defense that have already passed away. So yes, it'd be, yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> maybe current, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it so it it was fun. So I did the uh, the flex super uh, flex league uh, draft and. The question is, can you still play a weight on the quarterback's play 
in a super flex league? I think the answer is yes. Uh, with although with an asterisk, I think you you have to be aware of this is where you really have to be hyper vigilant about where the tier, tiers are. A and if you do wait on it, you don't get that first or second tier quarterback. You better get three pretty darn quickly. Yeah, you'll have an advantage, you know, with the bye weeks and the injuries to have three quality uh, quarterbacks in twelve team league. Not everyone can have three. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I liked what you did. You know, you, uh, you took Zeke in the first, and then you took um, Herbert in the second. So you didn't really wait, but you waited. I mean, not waiting is getting one right away. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Herbert's a first round value uh, in a QB flex. So you got him in the second, and you still got you got Metcalf and AJ Brown, and you still got Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. for me, that was you got two, you know, top eleven quarterbacks on my board, um, despite going, you know, pretty big on running back and receiver in those early rounds. So right. I think you played it right. Now you could have got burned, right? I mean, if Herbert gets taken before you, and you know, and Lawrence gets taken, then it, it gets a little more difficult. But um, I think the hard part about the QB flex is the ADPs are not as um, they're not as known as there right. are in, in the non QB flex. So. You don't really know exactly. You don't know ever, but you really don't know what quality of quarterback is going to be there for you. So when you take Metcalf over Lawrence, say, um, you don't really know. You know, you're like, okay, I'll right. take Metcalf in round four, and we'll see who I get in round five. And you're like, wow, I got Lawrence. That's great. But you didn't know that that would happen. Um, and so there's a little bit of luck and gambling involved in it, but it seemed like it paid off for you. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Now. Urban Meyer might screw around with Trevor Lawrence. He may do stupid things. He may be like a ground chuck offense. I don't think so. I think Lawrence is the real thing. I think that, you know, he's purposely kind of dialing down the hype, if anything, just to kind of maybe lessen expectations. But I want him. I, I, I want him. I want this Jacksonville, pieces of this Jacksonville offense. To that end, I got other pieces of this Jacksonville offense. I got ETN, uh, running back 27. I, I I like that quite a bit. Is it full PPR or half? Half. Okay, so he should be running back twenty-seven or right. low. I mean, I, he he could just dominate and just be so good that you know it doesn't matter. But right. that half the half PPR is a big difference with him. It does. It it is it is a difference and it does matter. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, Ronald Jones went right before him. Uh, right. Trey Sermon went right. Before but but well, Sermon and Jones they'll get bumped up, you know, a little bit. I mean, especially Jones gets bumped up in a half from yeah. full. A little bit, but Sermon. <laughs> Sermon had a mystery injury of his own. Didn't play uh, last night. In I know. Season game. It's, Saw that. Uh, well, jo- Jones is like a beast early down runner on a really good team. Like, yep. in a half, in, in you know full PPR, you, you got to dock him, but he's going to catch some passes anyway because Brady throws he, to every one of he, his running backs. He, yes, he checks down all the time, and so if Jones is there, even if he drops half of them, he's going to catch twenty five passes just you know being there. Yeah, but he'll check down to Leonard Fournette too, who I also yeah. got by the way uh-huh. uh, in the tenth round, uh, running back thirty six. I got Connor, who I I actually like him better in a, a half point PPR because he's going to get more goal line carries than Edmonds is. I think that, yeah. that's a bet I'd be willing to make. Um, and then I finally got Murray, who also benefits a little bit in standard and half point PPR league. So these are all guys. Uh, you know, I didn't get that many running backs, but keep in mind it's a sixteen team league. I mean, 16, not 16 team league, 16 round draft, which means the waiver wire in a super flex league is going to be a little deeper. It's going to be gonna super deep running back because people are going to have four quarterbacks. You know, they're going to have two starters and a backup, and then they're going to pick up a speculative guy. They'll pick up the Mac Jones or they'll pick up, you know, whoever loses those, you know, Andy Dalton yeah. or whatever. So like some of the roster spots, some of the bench spots are going to be taken up by QBs that would never be taken up in a one QB league. 
And so there's going to be tons of running back receivers. Right. I wouldn't care about depth at running back receiver that much. I, you know, you want your starters and you, you want good players, but I would do exactly that. I would, I probably want depth, the quarterback and, and just kind of cycle through the, the bottom of my roster at running back receiver. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, you have your elite guys and that's right. And then you, Hopefully you're set at, at at quarterback, so you don't have to spend your pickups on that. I only have one tight end. If there's a weakness, I waited and got Gronk as tight end 17. Uh, I just every time I'm twice I missed out on tight end tiers. Uh, once on Hawkinson, I took Deontay Johnson over him. I don't really regret that though. I think Deontay's going to be great. Uh, and then later on, I think I missed out on um, yeah, I missed out on like well, Hawkinson too in half PPR loses a lot of the luster because he's on a bad team yep. and the, the value proposition is going to catch, you know, 90 passes or whatever, but right. you know, if he, it's not going to be as big of a deal, so I, that's fine. Yeah. I, I love Gronk. I, I think Gronk, I just think it's, it's just, it's just obvious. He's the greatest tight end of all time. He's the same age as Kelsey. He's completely healthy after a year off. He's mm-hmm. with Brady. He didn't do much the first couple of weeks after that. He had nine touchdowns, including the playoffs. Um, I think he should be, you know, the top 10 tight end. And and so get him at 17 is good. I think a lot of uh, advisors in our industry suggest either go really early on tight end or go really late. I went the really late part. I just didn't get a second one. I think yeah. if anything, that might be just a, yeah. There'll be tight ends on waivers. There'll be tons of them. Yeah. I think, I think that's the case. I missed out by a little bit on Jared Cook and I probably should have taken him. But again, only 20 tight ends got taken. That means there's going to be some on waivers. Oh, Only 69 receivers got taken. There'll be some of those on waivers. Well, know your format. You know, understand yep. how it's going to play out. I mean, you, you learn more when you play a format a lot and you um, you get used to it and you understand like what it's really like. But you can anticipate a little bit. You can say, well, this is a six-man bench with QB flex. There's going to be a lot of these guys to pick up. Don't worry about it. 20 tight ends got drafted. Right. And and tailor your draft that way. I mean, that, that's, you know, understand in advance like what that what the implications are for that. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, any parting thoughts? Anything else you want to talk about before we sign off today? No, I'm really curious who's there at nine. I think I'm going to get screwed out of Taylor. I think I'm looking at uh, Nick Chubb probably in round one. That's not the worst in the world. Or Barkley, um, if I want to be a gambler. And uh, and I think round two, they're going to take Metcalf from me. And I'm looking at Ridley, and they take Ridley from me. Oh, I don't want to get a third Sierra Hopkins. All three beat Christmas leagues, but I do like Hopkins. I just I wanted to mix it up a little bit, but I end up sure. I don't want to be so heavy on Hopkins. So I got to think about it. All right. Well, maybe next week we'll talk about diversification versus uh, the, you know, versus just doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on your players. So there yeah. you go. And we'll get a, maybe we have to get a beat Chris list for Portugal rises again. I'll do it. Somewhere. I'll do it. If they want to do it, I'll do it. All right. Very good. That's going to end up today's uh, pod. I want to thank WinBet for the sponsorship. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Thanks for the comments, guys. Uh, we'll be back at you again next Monday, probably depending on Chris's travel schedule. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.